Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on Dominion 5, Stellaris, Endless Space 2, and much, much more. Troy. Hey, Troy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Nate. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And I'd like to welcome Micah. Hi, everybody. And his young daughter, who is serenading us in the background. Right. She's allegedly going to sleep, but, um, well, we'll see if that happens. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. So welcome, both of you. Welcome to the show. Thanks. And uh, this is Micah's first appearance, and hopefully one of many. So since we opened up the weekly exchange to other Exploraminate staffers working on various projects. So when you hear about what he, when you hear what he's talking about, you will understand, and I thank him greatly for it. So, anyways, um, I'm just going to jump into our first news item today, and this is for Warhammer 40k Gladius Relics of War. It's the new 4x from Proxy Studios, the guys that made Pandora. We've spoken about it. We had <clears throat> we had like this impromptu. Uh, Twitch stream. So this is being recorded on Saturday. So I know at this point, maybe seven, uh, seven and a half, eight hours ago, Dallin and I were streaming and Ben Warmack Blue, you know, one of our Emiratus members joined us. And a couple of the guys were also um, in chat and you came later on, Troy, right? Remember That's towards right. the end there? Yep. So, and then we had uh, a bunch of people from, from our forum and from our Steam group. And I think a couple of people showed up through Slytherin, and I thought it was going to be something a little bit different. I thought we'd get a lot more exposure, but regardless, I don't really care because we did our thing. We had a dev from Proxy Studio shows up, showed up, and uh, we got, got to ask them a lot of questions. It was really cool. They were answering stuff, giving us you know background info. Then they gave the uh, the dev tool commands to Dallin, so Dallin got to summon a Bane Blade and a, a what was it? Uh, also a uh, Orc Juggernaut. So I believe it was a Gorkonaut and a, a squeaky goth or something like that, right? Well, it's a squeaky goth. Yeah, it's yeah. um, it's it's wild. It's like the top tier units. It's awesome. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. And then we also got to see them streaming Necron gameplay on Steam, which I thought we were supposed to do, but ah, whatever. It's all good. So, anyways, so what's how? Why is it in the news? Well, first of all, uh, this weekend is called uh, Skulls for the Skull God Two. It's an event where all Warhammer games on Steam are featured from all the different publishers. And there's all kinds of sales going on. 
and promotions and things like that. And, you know, it's like it's the featured game or series of games. And um, Proxy Studios and Slytherin announced that Gladius is going to be hitting the market officially out of early access on July 12th. So that gives us about five weeks. So in five weeks, the game is going to be leaving early access and you're going to have all four factions. And uh, that's the Imperial Guard, uh, Space Marines, um, Necrons, and Orcs, the four original factions. And then they also mentioned that they're already starting to consider uh, some additional factions. So we have a few more. Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, fear not, because one of our guys wrote a primer, like a lore primer, five things you wanted to know about the Warhammer universe but were afraid to ask. And that's up on our website. And we'll have a link in in the comments. And there's a second part of it that's also going to be out in the next week or two. And that has five more things. So we'll give you guys, we'll catch you all up on what's going on. And we'll probably be streaming uh, once a week, Dallin and I. Maybe one, you know, you guys want to join us and whatnot. So we'll we'll let you guys know when and where. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. The game looks solid. It wasn't crashing. It wasn't anything. Oh, oh, I got another good one. So as part of the conversation, I was talking to the developer from Proxy Studios, and I asked them, I go, you know, based on comments in the in the chat, what's the state of the AI? And they're like, well, you know, we got a bunch of things we're working on. We got some really good ideas. And I said, well, are you guys going to invite Aleback, who's a community member, who did the AI, who didn't do the AI. He modified the AI for their original game, Pandora, Wrath of Nashira. Well, I believe Wrath of Nashira was the follow-up to it. So first contact, Pandora, first contact, I think. But anyways, so, so he did he did up the AI like through mods, and then they brought him on to like do a lot of work. And his AI was probably one of the toughest AI I've ever played. It was crazy. And I asked them if they're going to bring him on again. And they said, well, once we do what we want to do, we'll certainly you know, get that conversation going. So I'm hoping that they do because his AI was brutal. And for this game, that's, that's what you need. And hopefully they pay him for his work. So, you know, maybe get some work out of this, but, uh, yeah, that's it. So that, that's kind of the news with, with Gladius. And now you will find out why Micah is on the show. So Micah, why don't you tell us a little bit about Dominions five, right? So I have been getting into Dominions five. I've got about 15 hours in the game so far. I have been almost single-handedly keeping the Dominions, uh, mega thread alive, uh, on the forums on steam. And, uh, it's, it's really a, a fascinating game. And I wish I had started playing, uh, this series sooner, uh, to anyone who kind of would like to play it, as someone who is just kind of learning the ins and outs of this game, it's not as uh, it's not as as bad as it seems as far as learning the basics and and getting going. I, in no way am I an expert in this game, but um, I have learned enough to you know play some games against the AI and uh, play around with. Uh, creating uh, your pretender god, which is a big part of this game, and uh, there's just a lot of great, uh, uh, great things going on. You know, it's it's uh, it's no looker. You know, the the graphics are not uh, not going to win any beauty contests, but the mechanics are really interesting, and um, it is delightfully unbalanced. Uh, kind of in the way that like Master of Magic wasn't really balanced, but that was a good thing in Master of Magic because it allowed you to experiment with all these crazy mechanics that the developers put in the game minions is kind of the same 
uh, kind of the same way. So, uh, but the reason we're talking about it today is because uh, on the 30th um, of May, they released uh, a patch, and there's a lot to it. Uh, there'll be a link in the notes. We can't go through everything, but kind of the big uh, thing in this patch is that the, uh, the some of the nations, some of the factions in the game are inspired by various ancient civilizations uh, in real life. And some of those are, of course, uh, inspired by ancient Greek civilizations. And those nations have uh, received some, uh, some improvements, some new pretenders that they can use. So what happens is, is when you create a pretender, you have to choose their physical form. And that matters because th that choice affects... Uh, it's kind of a baseline, kind of like if you were playing an RPG and you chose a fighter as opposed to a wizard. Uh, you know, you, you can create your character, you can customize your character, but that choice between fighter and wizard is kind of a baseline that's going to affect the rest of your game. Right. Pretenders are the same way. Uh, and so the, the, the options that different nations have um, of, of physical form of, of their pretenders uh, affects the uh, the variety of pretenders that they can actually use in the game, and th that's been expanded for the nations that uh, are inspired by ancient Greece. And I'm going to uh, attempt to pronounce uh, one or two of them. Uh, Go for it. Yeah, Arcosafael. Uh, that's probably wrong. Um, <laughs> and Theridos. Uh, I have no idea if that's correct, and there may be some others. Uh, I don't uh, know exactly uh, what all the nations are, but I do know enough to know that expanding the number of uh, pretenders that they can start with mm -hmm. is a pretty big deal. Uh, the other thing that's going on in this patch, are, really, it's a lot of there's a lot of bug fixes. There's some there are some graphical updates. You know, even for a game that that doesn't rely on uh, presentation, uh, there are some graphical changes, some changes for uh, special effects for different. Uh, different spells, um, things like that. It's a big list. And really the big takeaway is that, uh, you know, the Dominion series is, has always been developed by these these two guys uh, who are who have been friends, I think, basically their whole lives. And one of the things that uh, they're known for is just always working on their games. I mean, you can look back, you know, Dominion 5 hasn't been out that long. I think it came out last November. Uh, but if you look back at Dominions 4, you'll just see a constant stream of patches and updates. They're always working. They're always trying to improve things. They're always trying to mm -hmm. fix things, always mm -hmm. trying to squash every little bug they can. And they've been continuing that pattern uh, with Dominions 5. Right. And, you and it's always, always get free. Exactly. It's always free. They don't charge it's, for this. And That's right. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly oh, what sorry. I was going to say. Sorry. No, okay. it, it's, yeah, it's totally free. And, uh, you know, it, the games don't go on sale much, but... Uh, you know, honestly, it's. I think it's worth it at full price, and I've only, like I say, I've only played about 15 hours so far. So it's been an interesting journey. And also, if you're an old-school gamer, uh, like a lot of the people who um, follow Explorminate, um, if you miss the good old days when you got a manual with your game, uh, you get that with Dominions 5. It's 380 pages. Uh, didn't, and I read didn't you, Yeah, you read all of it, didn't you? I read all of it. I did. And then... And, and I watched some uh, YouTube uh, videos um, made by Daz Tactic. Um, he's a very popular uh, strategy game uh, YouTuber. And uh, they actually hired him to make uh, a, series, a short series of tutorial videos for oh. Dominions 5. 
Yeah. Nice. Yeah, they're very good, and it, it doesn't take that long to watch them. I think there's only like five or six of them. So, hmm. you know, anybody who's interested in in, in playing the game, uh, check those out. And the cool thing about the Dominion's Five manual is that you don't actually have to buy the game to read the manual. If you want to read it, all you have to do is go to uh, illwinter.com. Uh, we can put a link in the notes to the um, to the exact page, and you can uh, read the whole manual uh, without buying the game. It's a PDF. Uh, they do have it. You you can get a printed manual. Actually, I think they're made to order. Um, but uh, it, it's really interesting. If you think you're interested in it, it, you should check it out. Also, the experts, I think, are to be found in the thread on our forums, and they have answered several of my questions uh, and have been very helpful. So, uh, you know, and, and I've seen that in some other places. You know, the Dominions community seems to be uh, pretty cool and, and very welcoming and very willing to teach you about how the game works. Absolutely. I mean... I was kind of getting into it a little bit, but then, and and thankfully you have stepped up and you're taking this on because I'm, ah, you know what, I'll talk about this later. I'll, I'll leave it for a later bit. It's, I'm just going to go on, a, you know, I'm going to go on a little tangential side journey right now that I can wait because I was going to talk about this later anyways. So, yes, thank you. Thank you for taking this on. I really appreciate it. I, it's, I'm happy to do it. It's all I've been playing lately and uh, all I have been wanting to play lately, uh, which is exciting because, uh, you know, some of the games, some of the newer, uh, bigger budget games uh, have not been as appealing to me of, of the past year or so as, uh, as I wish that they were. And so... Uh, it's it's nice to uh, for something to really hit home like Dominion's Five. Um, but hey, speaking of newer games, uh, I know there's been some things going going on with uh, Stellaris lately. Sure have. So again, this is being recorded on June second. This is Saturday night, and at the time of recording, Army P, aka Mark, released a video on his impressions on Distant Stars and you know the 2.1 update, and uh, it is. It is not too long. Usually he'll do like a let's play and then towards the end. This one, he gets to the point really quick. It's it's really spot on. And he he has fun with it. And I think people watching it are going to enjoy it because this is something that he's been thinking of doing for a while, just in general, like putting a little bit more style into the video. So definitely check it out. You should get a laugh out of it. And you know what? Maybe learn something. Because he does go into quite a bit of detail and he does cover some of the very important mechanics that are introduced. And, you know, since we're already talking about it, let me let me mention the latest update. So they just released the beta patch for 2.1. So it's 2.1.1. And within it, they're addressing hyperlane density. So there's choke points, but they, it, it was a little bit too choky. So they're addressing that. Um they're also addressing your start, whether you start with a single sun, a binary sun, a trinary system that has three suns. They're, uh, they're, they have the new mechanic for uh, sign ships where they can jump like like almost like old-style warp travel. You don't know when they're going to get there, which now they're going to tell you approximately when you're going to get there. So you're not just sending a ship and you're like, uh, yeah, it's going to be, you know. En route, en route for like, you know, 10 years or something like that. You'll know how long it's going to take before you do it approximately. And, um, you yeah, know, a couple other things, some balance, some UI, things like that, performance, the usual bug fixes. But one of the things that's really interesting, and this is stepping a little bit 
on Mark's toe. So I won't go into any detail. I'll let you watch his vid. We'll have a link in the comments. But they're talking about the L gates. And they made a big deal out of the L gates, like the whole storyline and everything involved. And they have not, from what I can tell, I have not played it. I've been preoccupied with other things. But from what I can tell, a lot of people are very unimpressed with what they did with the L gates and the storyline with it. So they're they're admitting that it's not quite what they had intended for it to be. So they're going to fix it or revise it. And the rest, I'll just leave it up to Mark's vid. So definitely check it out. You will, you know, you will like it. It is good. If you're a Stellaris player, you will like it. If you're not a Stellaris player, you might even like it then too. All right. All right. And with that, yes, yes. Yeah, Troy. thanks, Nate. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to continue our travel through space and move on over to the Endless Space 2 universe. And for the last, I don't know how many weeks, we've been updating everyone about the community faction that Amplitude is in the process of creating. And so, you know, at every stage, the community gets to vote on various aspects of this new faction. So the the way the ships look, the lore behind the faction, uh, the, the way that, uh, you know, the faction looks, the aesthetics. And now we're on the name. And um, I'm going to assume that when they were soliciting names for the faction... There were only three names in total submitted. Uh, yeah, yeah, three out of maybe a hundred or two hundred. No, I, I don't. I don't believe for a minute there were a hundred or two hundred names submitted because okay. uh, these three names are very uninspiring to me. Uh-oh. I'll have to Uh-oh. say I'm, I'm very. I'm very disappointed. They Uh-oh. are the Umbral Choir. Okay. The Zatari Zatheri Remnants and the Presence. Okay. Uh, this what faction would you call is them? to be what would I call them? I don't know. Give me a minute. Uh, <laughs> this faction is to be the espionage faction, and uh, you know that's kind of their focus, similar to the Forgotten from um, Endless Legend. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm looking at these names, and we got the Umbral Choir, so uh, a, a group that's supposed to be really sneaky and and full of subterfuges, singing loudly in unison. Or we have the mm-hmm. the. The thing that really annoys me in most fantasy or sci-fi novels is we get an unpronounceable word followed by some evocative noun. So we got right. the X people remnants, and like when most people see words like this, they they don't really pronounce it. They just say okay, X people, or whatever, or they go by the last one, just the remnants. Sure. And sure. then the last one here, the presence, brought to you by the same naming methodology as. Interstellar Space Genesis, um, just you know, <laughs> obvious. Oh, the, the this this faction is now present. Great, they're, they're here. <laughs> okay, okay. so what would nice. you? All right, so what so, would you have called them? What would I, I? I haven't given it any thought, and I don't think uh, any of these names were given any thought either. Uh, there, there would be without a doubt uh, something better than this. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're, they're so give to be one. Wraiths, right? They're they're a wraith incorporeal mm-hmm. life form like mm-hmm. um you know umbral is you know a, mm-hmm. a word mm-hmm. that i think has been overused here uh, especially oh. since the 90s um again my problem with unpronounceable just nonsensical letter combinations and then the <laughs> obvious name so okay so what so come on give a name give Throw a name, name out hmm. yeah well the very well let me think like like i said i haven't put any thought into this i was just looking at it okay today so here, while you think of a name, I'll tell you something very funny. Okay, go ahead. 
So Rob agrees with you. His his comment about this on the, in the Endless Space 2 forums where they're discussing is like, I must say, I'm uninspired by any of these names. But if I had to choose one, I suppose I would choose this one. So you're not alone. So what's your name? What would you call them? I don't know. I'd want to put more time into it than just doing it here live on the air. Because <laughs> like this is this is a faction that, you know, is gonna be in the game forever, might come back in a in a future uh installment of Endless Space. And so we're we're stuck with rather dull names here. And I I am sure the people that made these names probably think I'm a hater and all that and like I don't hate not them yet. personally. Not, not I don't until, hate them personally. Not until they you know? hear it. And I am happy uh-huh. for them that their th- three names got picked. It's just um, out of out, if let's say there were two hundred names submitted, I I just find it hard that these were the three best. Well, okay, fair enough. Well, when you think of a name, do share it with us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll post it in the comments for the Wex. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So let's let's leave uh, space for a moment and let's talk about more terrestrial issues. So here to Rome. I don't know if they're doing like the anti-Crusader Kings and anti-Europa Universalis, or maybe it's just so early that they don't want to reveal anything, but their dev diary is almost of the Eodor Imperium style, like Snowboard Game style dev diary. It's very short. <laughs> it doesn't really say much. It's very factual. And it's like, here are the things we don't like from the predecessor of this game, which is their original Rome game and most likely Victoria 2, Vicky 2. That's what's referred to. And they're like, well, um, these are issues we had. We're removing characters as envoys. That was a bad mechanic. And you primarily used to get rid of people. Omens and religious prestige were not very fun and have been changed. Trade was lots of micromanagement. This has been reworked for more interesting and fun mechanic. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. So it's like, all right. And they showed a map with like all the different provinces and stuff like that. So there's definitely... It, it looks busy, and I can imagine how complicated all of this was back in the day. You know, like if you if you look in the notes, you'll see the map, and this will be included. But other than that, I mean, I, I like it. I'm so used to having like 15-page, you know, diaries and patch patch notes that I'm I'm glad that it's very short and very to the point. You know? Oh yeah, definitely, without a doubt. And now, as a as a fan of of Crusader Kings 2, I really hope that there's a good amount of uh, some of the mechanics of Crusader Kings 2 in Imperator Rome. That would be great. I, I have a feeling that's going to be like the people mechanics, you know, and maybe maybe like the familial, like the way the familial mechanics work. So maybe that's how the Senate will work. I don't know. I can't I can guess and I can speculate. But until we know more, it's I don't know. It's all this future casting. I don't think is even worth it because Maybe we're completely off on everything, you know? And then again, maybe we'll be spot on. So we'll wait for another couple of dev diaries before we do that. Now, let's talk briefly about Warhammer 2. Come on, you guys are supposed to laugh. (laughs) You saw the patch notes. This is like, holy wow. There's nothing brief about Warhammer. Right. And if you look at the patch notes and all the changes they made, you'd you'd be like, okay, yes, okay, now I see what he's saying. Ha, it's funny. All right. So there's nothing brief. There's a lot of information there, which is good. They've made a lot. They've made changes. They're catching up some of the older races because with Warhammer 2, like the new races are have all kinds of cool stuff and the old races feel a little bit uninspired. So they're starting to improve them. And the Norskar are back, which is great for the Mortal Empires campaign. 
we also had uh, the Hag and the Crone, which is the new DLC that this comes with. Those are basically two sides of the Elven faction. So the High Elves and the Dark Elves. What's really funny about all of this is that there's so much focus on the elves that it's starting to make me think a little bit about Drifland, how you have all the, pretty much the whole world is populated by elves and elf-like creatures. So that's kind of what it feels like because there's so much right. focus on the elves. So the, see, there you go. There's a chuckle. And the, yeah, lots of gameplay improvements. There's all kinds of U, uh, UI improvements, improvements to battle. Some some of the things that were not working as intended are working now. And all I can really wow, like I'm just I'm scrolling through it now and I don't even know where to begin. So I'll just say this. It's in the notes. If you are a massive fan of Total War Warhammer 2, do not skip this. It's it's gonna be included anyways, but this this is this is a lot of information. And I can understand why somebody who is tired of reading pages upon pages will look at this and groan, but hear me out. If you're a Warhammer 2 player. This is what you want. This is what you've been asking for. And since you guys have been waiting now for five months for the Norse kind to have not just them, the Norsekins, not just them, but, you know, all the changes to the old races also kicking in. It's going to it should make the game better. And if you're playing Mortal Empires and your computer can handle it, I think that game, that aspect of the campaign, the meta campaign is just improved significantly. And then in the next bit of news, we're going to talk about more fantasy gaming. But this one is a little bit more up my alley. And this is the Squad Tactics game for Triumph. It's the Fantasy XCOM. And uh, um, they've had a demo out that's uh, basically one short mission. And based on feedback that they have gotten, they're releasing a different mission. They're incorporating a lot of the feedback. They're putting in some fixes. So if you bought into early access, you, sh you should, I, I suppose by this point, you should be getting the, the new updated demos. So if you are, definitely let us know in the notes. Let us know what you think. I'm looking forward to seeing what the finished product looks like. So far from what I've seen, I'm really impressed. And then we have a quick update for Battlestar Galactica, Deadlock. So they're releasing the Broken Alliance, and this is an additional scenario well, not scenario. This is additional set of missions that are incorporated into the game. So since this this uh, deadlock happens before the TV series, this is from the original, you know, this is, I, if I remember correctly, it's the first Salon War was like 50 years before the the recent Scythe, well, not recent at this point, but the, you know, what is it, like seven, eight years old, six years old that it came out. So, so they're adding some more capital ships. They're adding some more fighters, fighter wings. There's there's going to be um, some additional mechanics. They're going to fix some of the effects that weren't quite working as intended. And uh, I believe the price is $10. So it's not expensive at all. And if you are a fan, I'm very certain that you are going to be very happy with what you get on offer here. And we had an excursion for it. And for the most part, it was given you know thumbs up so i'm assuming that this additional content will garner the same type of reaction and i think with that we can get back to more of a terrestrial nature of the show yes troy well uh yeah if by terrestrial you mean mars uh we're going to talk about surviving mars for a little bit it got a new patch uh on may 31st so uh new features implemented uh a five-part tutorial was added to the game 
which uh, covers a lot of different thematic sections of the game, introduces core gameplay, which we can all be thankful for tutorials. Every game needs them, I think. Also, the new domes that we mentioned a few weeks ago are being implemented, and remember, they're, they're different shapes. Uh, some of them are small, and so you're not going to be able to build the spire building or, or construction, and you know that's one of the main uh, pieces of infrastructure for your colony that lets you have... Uh, I don't know, lots of living spaces or, or uh, improves commerce or, or uh, all production, all those different things. So uh, there, there's a lot of trade-offs with those, but it gives you a lot more options as well. Um, you're also getting an info bar, which is going to provide general overviews of uh, the resources of the colony and research, and all those sorts of things. And along with all this, uh, they're implementing um, a new, I, I don't know, new game rule called Endless S Supply. And it's a universal depot where uh, if you place, you'll automatically fill with new resources every solar year. So um, it's all looking really good. In addition, with a bunch of bug fixes and uh, things like that, like massive amounts of bug fixes and improvements. So we'll link the patch notes to this on the show notes, and you can check out the full list there. And I'm just going to go right on into Frostpunk. Uh, since it's a similar type of game. And uh, they laid out their roadmap for improving the game in the future. So there's a lot of new things coming. Uh, there's going to be a new survivor mode. And this is uh, like an extra hard difficulty for people who have mastered all the difficulties already. It's going to drop the temperature to negative 120 Celsius. So that is freezing cold. And uh, they plan to roll that one out in June. Uh, they're going to be adding a new scenario soon, which I think uh, people really enjoy. And then also they're going to be adding a whole new game mode called Endurance, which is essentially a sandbox mode. And you can just uh, play indefinitely. It's not a campaign. It's not a scenario. Uh, but, and there is a but, uh, they say, as you can expect from us, it's going to be our distinctive take on this feature. So... I don't know what that means for sandbox mode, but it, it'll be mm. sandbox, just kind of frostpunk sandbox. It'll be br it'll be brutal. There'll Maybe be a lot be, of bad things happening. Yeah, it'll be more like a snowbox than a sandbox. Um, and you know they're planning on uh, implementing new ideas and features to the game right up through 2019. It's been a very successful game, so I anticipate this being uh, developed for a good long while. I, I believe all of these additions that they're planning are also free. Uh, I didn't see anything about them charging for it. So no, yeah, you might be right. There might not. So uh... that's already a big positive. Oh yeah, for sure. Now, all right, let's move on to the next bit of news, and it's not news. It's um, it's an opinion piece, almost an exposition of sorts that was on PC Gamer that caught my eye, and this was something that they called "How Would We Change Steam?" and a couple of people um, within this little article. Uh, shared their opinions and they got me thinking and, and I kind of happen to agree with what they put there so that's definitely that would definitely go a long way towards improving steam but if I were if they were to ask me hey Nate how would you change steam I would well I'm sad the green light is gone and then they have this new program in place so I would raise cap on this new program to hmm, ten thousand five ten thousand dollars oh yes now that's you a don't, lot of money. Hear me out. You don't have to pay the $10,000 up front. You got to invest two, three grand up front. 
and after you sell a certain amount of copies of the game, not make money on the trading cards and not go on the gray market and do all the shenanigans that are done, but actually sell legitimate copies of the game, then you reimburse Steam. So if you can't sell, say, $10,000 worth of copies of your game, you only sell 3000 or 2000 which is, I'm assuming, a lot, of stu- a lot of these games do, then you reimburse the money. But after that time, they will no longer sell your game. Because a lot of, anyways, what happens is people abandon their games. If they can't make money on the games, whatever state they're in, they abandon them. So this way they don't clutter Steam. The majority of the garbage that has infested Steam is like a venereal disease. You know, an uncontrollable, unregulated, Steam is becoming an uncontrollable, unregulated, venereal disease housing complex or, you know, brothel or something like that. And it's it's awful like they need these special weekends like what they're doing the skulls for the skull throne in order to show games from AAA studios because even those games are being drowned out by all the crap that's just being put on steam every single day i'm sorry and this is not you know i'm not accusing anybody of anything in particular other than valve for not being very good gatekeepers for content if i wanted to play 99% of the crap that I find on Steam right now, I would do it on a mobile. You know, I would do it on my phone. Guess what? I don't want to play this crap. I don't want to see this crap. So guess what? I don't game on my phone. I don't go to the stores for for the various, you know, the iOS store or the Google Play store or whatever else to download this free crap. I don't want it. Keep your ads, keep all your monetization schemes, keep all your resold assets and, you know, Profanity this, profanity, profanity, about four hours worth of profanity is what I would put in here to try and express how obnoxious this whole this all is. So it makes it makes a, um, GOG's Galaxy platform that much better. But unfortunately, you know, it's the, the way Steam works with the community and the integrated workshops and the forums is a lot more smooth and a lot easier to utilize than what uh, good old games, uh, excuse me, GOG has. I, I don't know what they're going to change their name to eventually. Their <laughs> Galaxy platform. I've looked at it. I, I have a couple of GOG games. But yeah, it's like, okay, so fine. So I have them. I'll play them. And then what? I'll never really talk to anybody. I won't get to hang out with any of the Explorminators. And Explorminate, Rob, I, I can promise you this much. Rob would have never started Explorminate if that was the case. If there's nobody to talk to, what's the point of even starting a website like this, right? Yeah. So that's, what's, that's what Steam has to offer, you know? Yeah, and if it were me, like things I'd like to see Steam do is implement even more social network features. Like I'd like to be able to plus one posts on our forum, you know, rather than having to say, good point, like make a whole post for that, which just clutters everything up. Like just give me the ability to plus one. And then, you know, why should Twitch and YouTube Live be making all this money off people playing games on Steam? Steam should have its own uh video uh streaming service complete with good audio and and uh-huh. webcam integration yeah. and all this stuff You're so people can do that on t- on steam and you know you can have your followers on steam uh you know valve would be able to record it for you and then the videos would be available for people to watch and like you could uh integrate that with your um curator account or like your group account like us, you know, I mean, that would be really great if we had all those abilities. And I I think that would improve Steam a whole lot. What do you think, Micah? Yeah, Steam is, 
It's got a lot of problems that seem to be largely caused by a very, what appears to be a very haphazard approach uh, from Valve. You know, it's hard to, it can be hard to find games that, um, you, there might, you know, there it's easy for there to be games out there that uh, you might be interested in, but you never know that they're there. Um, even when you tell Steam that certain, you know, there's a way you can go in there. You can you can tell Steam that any game that has this tag, I I don't want to see. I don't need to see that. Um, sometimes you still do. Um, so in, and that's just on the storefront side. Um, you know they they don't seem to be doing much about um, uh, you know these games that uh, really only exist to sell trading cards. And then there was this whole debacle that happened uh, last week or week before with the um, you know they were they were supposedly getting rid of games that contain sexual content of some kind, but the enforcement of that seemed to be uh, pretty uneven. Um, and then, of course, they backtracked. So, you know, it's just, there's just not a lot of consistency, I think, out of Valve in, in that mm -hmm. way, and it just makes the whole thing feel disorganized. It's um, the visual novels, right? The Japanese, yeah, almost that like the... soft, soft, soft core hinted at porn or hentai. <laughs> Sure, and 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 you know, I, I I don't particularly care for that sort of thing, but you know, if if other people do, that's that's fine. But you know, the interesting thing about that is, is uh, no one said anything about The Witcher Three. Now, I don't know if right. you guys have yes. played that game, but there's no. quite a lot of sexual content in that yes. game, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. But but you never heard anything about them kicking that game off Steam. So oh, no. you know. It's uh, it, it's that kind of thing, and people are aware of that. You know, I didn't. I'm not the one who you know. You, I can't take credit for making that observation. Uh, other people have made that observation. I'm just repeating it. You know, so people are, you know, the customers, gamers, they're aware of of the, you know, kind of lopsidedness and wonkiness of things like that. And it's, you know, no one's impressed by that, you know. Uh, and apparently they were, uh, you know, kind of kowtowing to the uh, wishes and or threats of some, some religious group, um, I'm not sure who they are or, or, or who they're affiliated with or what have you, but, um, you know, and, and certainly Valve is a private company and they can do, you know, what they want to do, but, uh, but it just, you know, some consistency would be good. You know, some predictability would be good. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and some, some, some transparency. Yeah. So, and some feeling that, um, you know, Valve, I think whether they mean to or not, they give the, they don't give the impression of, of, of being very well organized, um, you know, I, I in the sense that uh, things like that end up being handled in a very messy way. Uh, you know, there have been controversies recently about um, review bombing and uh, leaving political messages in, in in game reviews, and you know, people can have different opinions about that, and that's cool. But Valve's, you know, response to that has been what. I don't know. It's it, that's the problem. I don't know what Valve's response has been to it, right? Because it's they're so disorganized in their messaging that it's uh, you know it's it's difficult to to feel like you've got a clear answer on some of these things. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I think we need to move on from this. We we thrash on Steam all the time and on Valve, but yet we are our uh, ecosystem is based on Steam games and on the Steam forums. So for better or for worse, you know. It's, I have no intention of creating a new platform or finding a new place for us to host forums. It's just, it's too much. It's, it's too much and it's not worth it. 
So, okay. Anyways, let's let's change it to slightly better things. So, Troy, what have you been playing besides Blitz? Uh, I played some more Driftland, the Magic Revival, this week, and mm-hmm. like I'm digging it. It it's fun, uh, even if it is a real time game, which is not usually my favorite. So I've got about seven islands going now, and I'm just expanding and finding some monsters and things like that, figuring out how to defend my islands. Um, I haven't gotten into a big war yet with any of the other factions, but you know, so far what I'm what I'm seeing in the game, it's fun and it's pretty, and I'm really enjoying myself. All right, what about you, Micah? Well, other than um, Dominions Five, which has been taking up most of my time. I have also been playing, uh, I'm going to talk about a console game. Everybody hold on to your desk. Uh, I've been playing uh, Monster Hunter World um, on Xbox One. Uh, I've been a fan of the Monster Hunter series for many years now and have played a lot of those games on the various platforms that they've appeared on. And uh, it's exciting because Monster Hunter World is going to be coming out on PC here in August. And that'll be the first time I think that that's ever happened. Uh, certainly in the West, I think there was kind of an MMO-style Monster Hunter game that was uh, only released in Japan. Uh, but uh, PC-focused gamers have never had a chance to play Monster Hunter before. Um, I keep telling myself I'm not going to buy the game again when it comes out on PC, but I probably will. <laughs> you probably will. So I actually played, um, I think it was M- Monster Hunter 10 or something like that. Does that sound familiar? On the 3DS? Oh, uh, it's... Um, or maybe Monster, Monster Hunter 4 or something like that, I don't know. Yeah, well, the the two big ones on the 3DS were um, Monster Hunter 4 uh, Ultimate and Monster Hunter Generations. I think uh, Generations, I think that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, that, that's the most recent one. And actually, the, uh, the Capcom has announced that they're coming out with a, a, um, a version of that, an expanded version of Generations uh, for the Nintendo Switch. Uh-huh. So... Well, so there I've played some generations with my son, and we did, I don't know, maybe an hour. And then I don't know how it happened. Was we kind of looked up at each other at the same time. We shared this, like, this, this momentary thought without saying a word, and we have not touched it since. <laughs> I, th- I think that's the gist of it. I've tried, and it's just, I don't know what it is. I'm, yeah, just, it's... It's a type of grindy game that I don't like. It is, um, and it, I don't usually like grindy games, mm-hmm. but what I like about this is that you run into a big monster that you can't beat, and you learn about that monster, and you mm-hmm. kind of figure out what you need to be able to to beat that monster or to have a better mm-hmm. chance to beat that monster. And then you set about going out to make the gear that you need to do it. And then when you finally come back and you've, you know, you're having your rocky moment, right, of, of mm-hmm. finally running all the way up the, the steps of the Philadelphia uh, A bigger museum. monster is waiting for you up there. Well, yeah, but but when you finally get back to that monster that gave you so much trouble the first time and you've got all the right gear and you've, and you've you know, um, you've got a weapon that you believe it's going to be strong uh, against and you finally beat that monster, you, you know, finally beat that monster, it is Im- immensely satisfying uh, to me. Uh, and and I know it is to lots of other people too, but it, it's certainly uh, a game that uh, isn't going to appeal to everyone. That's for yeah. sure. And that's the thing. I'm not criticizing it. It's just you know, <laughs> I see where it's good. It just it didn't do anything for me. I mean, this is coming from a guy who's played more than one or two hours of XCOM two, 
And now I'm so I might as well talk about the game I'm playing now that I'm back to playing again after last month's hiatus as a yeah. result of work. It's BattleTech. And there's definitely a grindy element to that, but I'm enjoying it nonetheless. I'm having fun, um, you know, building out my various mechs and trying different configure weapons, weapon loadouts and things like that and different pilots to optimize performance and see what, you know, the, the, the game throws at me and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So yeah, I've, I've no room to talk about, Oh, monster hunters, this or, Oh, world of tank blitz is that because I'm doing the same thing with another game, but <laughs> you know, so that, that's kind of the bottom line. So a small update that I actually had wanted to mention a little bit earlier when uh, Troy was talking about Frostpunk, we're actually editing the Frostpunk excursion right now, prepping it for publishing. And we're also editing the Battletech excursion, prepping that for publishing. So those, both of those should be coming in the relatively near future. Really depends on which one's ready first and, you know, all that good stuff. But I think that's it. Do you guys have anything else you want to mention? Nope. I think that's it. So with that, I want to do the usual spiel. Thank you to our patrons. You guys make this all happen. Uh, in the recent weeks, we've had a little bit of drop off on support. So, you know, it is what it is. Tax time, all that stuff. Now that it's all passed. Hey, you know, remember us. Help us out. We appreciate it. And I've I've not been posting anything on our Patreon on the Patreon page, but I do have some news and hopefully I'll get around to it this weekend and post it up there. So this is an update to the merch stuff I did find. I was looking for something that took me a while to find. And finally, I found it. Now, I don't know if everybody's going to be as excited about it as I am, but I'm pretty excited about it. So I will share it with those that support us. And if you want to know what we're talking about, hey, kick us a buck or two and get to find out on our patrons from our Patreon page. And don't forget to watch Mark's video about uh, Stellaris 2.1 Distant Worlds. And uh, we had an awesome stream today for uh, Gladius with uh, Proxy Studio showing up, one of their devs, and we got to ask them questions. And we're going to definitely be doing more stuff on Twitch and a little bit of a giveaway. So we gave out some keys and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, stay tuned. Keep chatting us up here on the website, wherever. Subscribe to our stuff on YouTube, you know, to get updates, even though YouTube keeps messing with all that whole thing. So, yeah, it is what it is. All right. Well, we'd like to thank everybody for joining us. We really liked having you. This has been Troy, Micah, and Nate for Explorminate. Take care, everyone. See ya. Bye. Thank you.